The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is John Sestina and Spencer Hagar. Spencer and I are certified financial planners, and John, you're an alumni of the certified. Uh, yeah, I'm now. <laughs> you dropped the letters. I'm a has-been. They I don't have an alumni group? They do not. I okay. called them and ac- a- asked them about that, but yeah. they did not have anything like that. We'll have to get your emeritus status set up. Emeritus, yeah. that's yeah, the yeah, word exactly. I'm looking for, Spencer. Well, Thank we you. We still like you. We'll slap you on the show. <laughs> All right, we'll keep you around for a while. <laughs> okay. Okay, be so that you, way. You, yes, you doing well? Doing okay. Got, got your vaccine. I got my vac- second dose. Got knocked out for a couple days. Those yeah. side effects. Hit me a little bit, too. I had uh, pretty foggy. Yeah. The second day, but otherwise I'm great. Yeah, right. It's been weird to watch the way it's progressed, right? At first it was Moderna's the rough one. If you get Pfizer, I've heard it's a little bit better. And then it was, uh, Pfizer's not that great either. <laughs> and then I heard Johnson & Johnson's pretty mild. It'll be better. And then all of a sudden when I told people I got Johnson & Johnson, it was I heard that one was hurting people back. <laughs> so. yeah, I'm Team Moderna. Yeah, uh, just get it. Get you know, it why done. can't the side effects be like superpowers? Turns you into Spider Man or Superman. What? You, you get know, a lot of people effects, signing right? up, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you could have a superpower. This is a financial show. I know. Steven. If you could have a superpower, John, what would it be? If I could have a superpower? Yeah. I don't want one. <laughs> Yes, I, no would be, I would be in so much trouble. I'm already always in trouble, <laughs> right, Stephen. Okay. You know. Spencer, what about you? Predict the stock market. It sounds like a winner. <laughs> That's not a superpower. No, no. Well, you, I, you don't want that. Well, the good one's already taken. you got to get creative. Okay. Yeah. I would fly. What? You're going to get Bitcoin? Is that what you're going to do? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was, it was a big week for uh, an affiliate of the Bitcoin yes, uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah. Coinbase went public. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me, oh, should I buy Coinbase? I'm like, you probably own it already. Right. If it goes public, it becomes right mm-hmm. now, I think it's categorized as a small stock. Yep. So if you own those index funds, your index fund should be picking it up as part of the allocation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It will it will trigger at some point mm-hmm. as a part of the index. So we'll have monitor it. And maybe you do own it already and you probably own it in the right way right approach right not mm-hmm. going out and buying all of investing all of your retirement money into one stock the, not not recommended the crazy thing that i was watching with that because of course you we have the financial news on and they were saying at the beginning of the day i was in the gym at maybe 6 a.m it's gonna predict it start at 250 a share and then all of a sudden it was going up and up and then finally when it opened it was at 380 and i think it Topped it like, it, but it topped at four something and i believe and then like it dropped right it's mm-hmm. that's the thing is these big bees Bigger IPOs are very volatile. Yes. And um, again, you know, everyone's in for the quick buck. That's the talking point on TV. That's what the, I think a lot of the younger people like to do and a lot of people with a gambling mindset, but that's something we generally don't recommend. Right. The history is that if you buy the IPO, when it comes out, you lose. Yeah. So if you're in on the inside, so to speak, before it opens, you'll make money. Yeah. But if you buy it when it hits, then you're going to 
go down a little bit. Yeah. And the big ones always get talked about, right? Whether it's Google, but they never talk about the ones that don't work. Right. <laughs> right. That, right. That's you never hear about that. They well, you maybe rarely enough, hear about enough it. time or yeah. small enough small print. Right. <laughs> right. So again, don't be overzealous and risk your retirement portfolio on one thing. But there was a very cool article that we found based on Coinbase uh, their first employee in 2013. Spencer, that was a good little find there. Yeah, yeah. So the first employee, this was a cool one because I I, I like the motivation behind it a little yeah. bit. So the first employee for Coinbase, he essentially ended up taking his first three years salary entirely in Bitcoin. I've heard some stories <laughs> like that of the get rich quick. What was cool about it is he's a pretty young guy. He's gone on to start his own hedge fund for crypto. He wrote his uh, undergraduate thesis paper on why he believed so much in crypto and in Coinbase and things like that. But it was cool. I don't know how much money he, he still has a Bitcoin, but it was yeah. cool just that he believed in it so much and then went on to. Right. He never said how much he invested he or did, kept, he, uh, yeah. what, however much money he kept. But the owners are what? Ninety billion or something like yeah. that. They're yeah, they're yeah. billionaires. For but sure. but it was funny because you said the the enthusiasm in the CNBC article. Mm -hmm. it, it was it was an annoyingly long email he had sent the owners. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this guy was all in. Yeah. And he, it was his thesis, right? So he was he believed in it. Good for him. Uh, but it was a pretty cool article to see someone get rewarded like that. Uh, high risk, very high risk, but yeah. got the reward. Yes. Yeah, I think I think they said he was for the longest time he was. Until it got north of 250,000 users on Coinbase, he was the only customer service rep who was trying to triage. So, oh, right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Risk and reward, right? In my older, my youth, my older days, um, <laughs> the olden days, I, I was the 45th employee and we got to about two or 3,000. I was thinking, oh, yeah, here it comes. But I knew someone who was like number 10 or 12 at AOL at the time in Washington, D.C. Um, but it's all about how you manage it. Right, because it's a windfall, and sometimes you you don't know whether to buy or sell, uh, or hold, I should say, or sell. But it's a process, and uh, you just got to manage it. And when you're young, it's harder, right? If you're right pre-retirement, it's pretty easy. You could pretty much cash out and go. But you've got thirty, forty, fifty years to manage that money. Mm -hmm. So right. we talk about it on this show a lot. Of um, when you in, come upon large sums of money, it's not as easy as it sounds. So, like winning the, the lottery. Yeah. So, wonder what he's going to do with all the income tax he has to pay. Yep. And the new capital gain tax and yep. so forth. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is tax season, John. And that's what we're going to talk about today is taxes. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think it was extended to May 2017. That, that, that's because they're making a new form that you have to fill out. Did you hear about this? Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. They made a new form. You have to fill it out. It's very simple, though. They, they did simplify the tax return. And? It says, how much did you make? Send it in. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your tax return, how, how you would fill it out? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. All right. So let's talk tax planning for mm. the listeners out there. How should you approach your tax return when it is finalized? Um, unfortunately, I think most people are sick of tax returns. They don't want to hear it. They think they know it, but they basically leave it to maybe their accountant or software to complete it. But the important thing is to review it mm -hmm. and try to get an understanding of where your money goes and it is not all about the return. So, Spencer, how would you tell somebody to approach reviewing their tax return? Yeah, I mean, first things first, I guess if you are using a TurboTax or some software, I would First of all, I would just double check it and make sure that everything looks right. Those are set up to, to help you out, and they seem pretty straightforward, but they're also pretty easy to make mistakes on. But 
I mean, usually I just start pretty broad level. What's the income, and then what's income anticipated for the new year? Did you owe taxes come filing time, or did you get a refund? That's kind of the basic one. It's harder if you're someone who's earning a lot of commissions or sales, because then it may be hard to guesstimate. So that's probably where I'd start. Yeah, that's a good. I use the tax return for goal planning. Yeah. When I was starting out and trying to figure out if I was going to make enough money to buy bread, I took my tax return and filled it out, anticipating what I would like to earn the next year. And you know what happened? What happened? I did. <laughs> exactly what I put down was what yeah. happened. It's okay. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important, right, is to look at the numbers and see where the numbers come from. And maybe it is a good idea to plan accordingly based on the history, not what you may think will come down the road. Uh, so use use the prior year's tax return. So you should look at 2019. And then look at 2020. 2020 was an anomaly for a lot of reasons, but maybe you benefited, maybe you made a little bit less, but do a quick comparison. Look at what that total tax number is. Do not judge your tax return based on a refund or a uh, payment, right? And that's, I think, the biggest mistake people make. Right. We'll talk about that next piece. We definitely will. <laughs> yeah, we're coming up on a break here, but, you know, analyze, analyze the numbers and every uh, item, every line item that is filled, try to find out where that number originated from. It may have been from a W-2. It may have been from a 1099 or your Social Security payment. Understand that. So those are very important pieces to analyzing your tax return. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on taxes and maybe a couple little other little nuggets. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTV. <laughs> You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. It is tax season. First segment, we talked a little bit about how to analyze your tax returns, uh, look at the numbers, see where they came from, and use that to your benefit for, as John, you said, for future years. Right, right. Moving it's the way forward. you can plan. I mean, yeah. if you look at your tax return, then you can plan. And if your income is similar, you may say, hey, the income is similar, the taxes should be similar. And right. obviously, last week, we talked a lot about the tax reform. We may get into it today, yeah. but that that's always the change um, that people are worried about. Right. And that's uh, we're, we'll get into it. Maybe, John, we'll get your uh, push your buttons a little bit. Uh oh, here we go again. <laughs> Bobby always says, be calm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in, in preparation of today's show, I was reading through uh, Yahoo Money and there was an article that says taxpayers are still waiting. Many taxpayers are still waiting to get last year's tax refund. Is that possible? Yeah, my dad's actually one of them. I no was kidding. actually having this conversation with him just over lunch two weeks ago. He hasn't. He's one of those people who hasn't received any of the stimulus payments. And when I was kind of digging in on that with him, I was like, how is that possible? It's like, I haven't even received my 2019 refund yet. And I said, okay, well, that could be why then. Uh, I remember, oh, sorry, go ahead, John. Or you could have what I had, which was uh, I had the IRS send me back two checks. Okay. And you know, supposedly they were refunds. Yeah. And they were significant amount of money. And? So I was very excited about that. I put it in my savings checking. And then guess what? I got another letter from them saying <laughs> you I owed every bit of that. <laughs> you owed back in taxes, right? So they had messed up on what they sent me, and now my accountant had to fix it. <laughs> Shocking. Cost, cost more money. Shocking. And and this was verified by the IRS commissioner. He said that that is true. And 1.7 million tax returns from 2019 still need to be reconciled. Not all of them are refunds. Some, some are still trying to be reconciled. But uh, – 
there's it's big, and that's why John, you were saying last week that we've gotten so complex. All these tax law changes that are even being presented, there. How can you track and monitor this? It's it's an overwhelming <laughs> obstacle. Well, our tax system really has gotten out of hand, as we said last time. Uh, why did this country break away from England in the first place? It was because of a tax. You know, we didn't like the tea tax, and uh, the, you know they threw it into the harbor, and so on and so forth. And taxes were always a edgy title for the American citizens. And now we just swim with it like it's it's ordinary. And what's worse about that, then you don't know what it is. So it kind of evolved into we'll withhold it from your check. That mm-hmm. was a terrible proposition. Yep. Yeah, we, so, oh, sorry not to cut you off, John. Yeah, I was going to say, we talked about that a couple couple of shows ago, and I was I brought that up, the history of the tax code and the fact that um, when the first like federal income tax came around, it was 1% was the lowest marginal, and they did it because it was to pay for World War One, mm-hmm. And then the same deal with Social Security, it was meant to be a temporary thing, and now it's definitely on the pace of every time it comes through. But right. but to your point, John, the the reason part of the reason is it's on the pace of, and mm-hmm. the employer takes care of it. Is there's two reasons why one the IRS wants their money, <laughs> yeah, and two it sort of blinds the taxpayer. Yeah, they don't pay attention to well, it. Well, you talk to taxpayers today, especially when they get a refund or owe money, they think that amount, whatever it was, the refund or the amount they pay, was their tax bill, and it's not. So most people are blind as to what they're paying. I I think that's a big reason that whole uh, old adage that every time you get a pay bump, bump up your 401k savings because you won't even see it come out. I think taxes, you could say the same thing. You just don't see it come out. It's out of sight, out of mind. And the people who know most about taxes are the ones that write those estimated tax payments. You bet. They don't like it. And and it it is part of the educational process of of taxes and uh, yeah, the the especially the self employed self employed people hate taxes because those three months roll by pretty quick. They sure <laughs> right? do. Right. Uh, the other the other thing, John, you had me thinking when our our volley back and forth last week. Like, why is there even a deductions? These standard deductions or the exemptions or this or that, and that's where I'm seeing it now. Is we had a tax reform? Was it 2018? The the last tax reform? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's I think when it, was it was 20, first year was implemented, implemented it was 2018. in 2018. They're only modifying it partially. Yep. So twenty and everyone complained about not everyone. A lot of people complained about that who benefited from it and who didn't that. And now, when part of today's conversation may be about the salt tax, a state and local income tax yeah. limitation of ten thousand dollar deduction. But if you look at the end of the day, most people probably ended up paying relatively the same amount of taxes. Because I've looked at it, I've seen it firsthand, and at the end of the day, you you're probably in the same boat. They simplified it. But now we have a simplified tax, more simplified tax code, and now they're going to complicate it again. Yep. And that's where I'm like, come on, let's just pick one and, and not modify it. Well, with what the government is doing these days, we don't even need a tax system. You ever think of that? No. Because they're doing all these, uh, what do they call them, the bills, and you know, we'll take the $3 trillion here and a trillion there and mm-hmm. so forth. They don't need taxes. That money is far greater than the taxes we collect each year. Yeah. So n- the spending, of- you mean the spending bills? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So they're just putting it out there and taking money, telling the treasury to give them money. So why do they need Spencer's? I know he's rich, <laughs> but for crying out loud. Yeah, let's push it back to Stephen. But now I will say, uh, back to the first article though. I will be interested to see if it changes. I'm, I'm not terribly optimistic, but I was seeing that. 
they have the backlog of the old returns they're still getting through. I did see that it looks like some of that last big spending bill they're doing, some of it's going to get put off to help the IRS, but it sounds like more of that's for auditing. Auditing, correct. Actually that's getting what more they're employees, saying. Yep. right? Yeah. So why do we need a tax system as complicated as it? We don't. If you want ta- what is the necessary means of the tax system? It's to support government. We went on that last time. So mm-hmm. why don't we just have a flat tax? Yep. Everyone pay the same amount, same percentage, and you do it. I actually prefer a national retail sales tax. Mm-hmm. I, like a consumption tax is yeah. another term. I, yeah. We've had this conversation before. I agree with you. If you spend money, there's an additional tax. Ironically, a lot like gasoline. Yep. When you buy gas, there is a gas tax, federal mm-hmm. and state. So They're the rich very... guy, when he buys his yacht, he has to pay a whole chunk of money right. that the guy who's bought a new car doesn't have to pay. Or the $100,000 SUV right. right? that gets 10 miles to the gallon. Yep. Yep. Right? It'll, it would be harder, obviously, for electric cars, but nonetheless, you have a charging station. Mm-hmm. You pay a tax in the charging station. And that would simplify things. Who would? How would these businesses pay it, though? Well, the same way they pay sales tax now. Okay. You know, we have a sales tax system in place. Every state is set up. So they just collect the money. Uh, that would do away with the IRS. Mm-hmm. You don't need that, that complication. And so they would collect it, send it in as it's collected. Yeah. Be I, a I, lot more efficient. Right. And, and again, you, you look at, you call somebody wealthy, like you said, the, the yacht or the super expensive car or whatever it might be, or the expensive house, those, those tax numbers would add up and, the wealthy would pay more tax. They would. Mm-hmm. How would you define someone who's wealthy? You. No. <laughs> right? It's all relative, right? It's absolutely relative. Yeah, right? Someone yeah. someone who's a millionaire, they I'm not wealthy. They look at Bill Gates and say he's wealthy. Yeah. Right? And that's the, that's my the problem is when it, the media or the articles you read that everyone uses the word wealthy or rich, tax the rich. Well, who, let's define this. And somebody in that category, they would never, probably not consider themselves wealthy. Correct. It's all how you judge somebody, and if that's you, what I don't like about it. I remember when I started, I'd hoped to make $100,000 a year. That was my big goal. Right, and that was astronomical, I probably. thought that was a lot of money. Of course, that was back in the 60s. So mm-hmm. that was a lot of money, and I was going to be wealthy and have stuff to spend. Guess and then what? today, inflation. <laughs> and inflation is coming big time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it always reminds me. I'll take it back to the planning perspective. I know people, they know their plan, their spending, and a million dollars is enough to get them through retirement. And other people, their lifestyle is just not the same. And a million dollars wouldn't even come close. And it's the same deal with taxes. It's it's hard to be the one to say what's fair and what's not fair and what's enough. It's, it's a tough game to play. Yeah, sure is. Well, we're coming up on another break here and. Next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about savings, uh, retirement savings, why it's important, and what kind of obstacle we're approaching from this country uh, and from America. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is John Sestina, Spencer Hagar, talking financial planning and your financial plan. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about John E. Sestina and company and the Managing to be Wealthy process, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com or give us a call at our Bethel Road office at 614-326-3077. 
All right, we're going to get into savings, but before we do that, Spencer, I have a quiz for you. All right. <laughs> it's a true-false question, okay. so all right? So if Charles Schwab accidentally deposits $1.2 million into your account, you can keep it, true or false? Mm, I feel like I want to plead the fifth. I think that's a false. <laughs> you Correct. want it to be true. Right. It's false. Well, someone did want it to be true because Charles Schwab is suing an individual that accidentally received $1.2 million in her Charles Schwab account. And she, I'll give her credit because she obviously pays attention to her account because she immediately <laughs> withdrew the money, bought a house, bought a car, uh, did a little bit of spending and cl- tried to keep it. Uh, no bueno. <laughs> so yeah, the police came not to cheer her on. <laughs> no, no, uh, you cannot do that. Um, even even it goes to the social security system. Um, people sometimes get false collections through social security or a deceased relative. Somebody passes and they keep receiving the. You have to alert the the authority or la- alert the company or or the source of the funds because they will catch up to you that's right yeah i was gonna say that for it to be with schwab too schwab's a massive company for them to catch that and and take care of it i mean that just shows you that it's if there's a mistake you're probably not going to get away with it well, i think no. they sent it to fidelity not to the schwab account oh uh, i think it came from schwab. it came from schwab to oh, fidelity yeah, correct okay. exactly. yep yep and well, thank you fidelity yeah <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, uh, yeah, that was I just thought was an interesting story. Also this week, uh, current event news that the greatest theft of all, I'd say maybe of all time, the Ponzi scheme. Yeah. uh, Bernie Madoff passed uh, rot, rotten hell. But (laughs) but it was an interesting story. Yeah. Right. I mean, the guy swindled maybe billions. I don't even remember the amount anymore, Mm -hmm. but it was uh, a black eye on the financial industry. And, I, you know, even we talked, we were on the show, I think we were recording the show way back then, too, talked about it then. And a lot of people got fooled because they believed a, a statement they received in the mail. That he made up. That he made up. Um, and that's why you should go, what is your investment account? What is the regulated bank, the custodian, whether it is a Charles Schwab or a Fidelity or a TD Ameritrade? Those are all certified institutions. And that's one of the things these the hedge funds, I don't say they get they don't have to report it. They can just give you a number. And that's the number. And that's what he did to his customers. He gave them a number and said, here's your account. Kind of like Bitcoin. Right. <laughs> no, but it's a good good point. Yeah. Right. Where what is the true value? We don't know. Uh Bitcoin is obviously trading at a value, but you know, Bernie Madoff would just send his customers, here's your latest bank statement, and they believed them. Yep. And he was not getting audited. Um, if he and I think somebody the whistle whoever the whistleblower was I think worked for him at the time um, finally caught on to it but you know people were happy with the twenty percent returns double digit consistent mm-hmm. every month returns um, and they just kept doubling down with all of their money the, the whether it is a hedge fund or something of that kind be very cautious um, I look at that as a special investment not the entire retirement savings yeah. right. Right, you gotta be very cautious of that. Remember, it's your money. <clears throat> no one cares more about your money than you do, and you should protect so it. You need to know about it. You yep. need to investigate. Yep. All right. Another article, John, in Yahoo Money that I thought we should report. Um, What's with this Yahoo Money? Well, stuff, I was, Steve? I was, as I was going through all the financial articles, <laughs> I see these interesting statistics, and it's this one was frightening, and that's okay. why I want to talk about it. 
uh, because managing to be wealthy is about financial independence. Yes. Uh, and it is about sacrifice. It's about sacrificing the the need, the wants from the needs, knowing what your needs are and, and, and saving. And one in four Americans right now have no retirement savings. And for those who do, they aren't saving enough. That was the headline. Yeah. Uh, you read through that, Spencer. What what else did you find in there? Uh, I mean, a lot of interesting things. I could read off some of the stats, but I mean, that's that's the headline does a good job of summing it up. The people who do have retirement savings, the percentage goes down, or it actually increases. Sorry. So if you're someone in your mid fifties, I think it was a little bit in between ten percent, twenty percent don't have retirement savings. So most of them do, but that's still alarming to be that old. And then when you get into your 18 to 29, I think it's 42% percent don't. And that, that's understandable. Yeah. When you're that young, you, you may not think about retirement. Right? It's not a focus. Yeah, and a big thing I kept thinking when I was going through this, and I'll point out the obvious, I'm the young one in the room, but well, I think he's my, bragging. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I, I think how many times I've talked to people and they just have that number in mind. That's what I was thinking of when it said that those who are saving don't ha- save enough. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just don't dig in those numbers. They're constantly just striving towards some benchmark they've fixated on that's going to get them into retirement. And I think a lot of times it's a little bit wishful thinking. Well, you guys are just talking about this article to embarrass me, I know. Why is that? <laughs> For 55 years. <laughs> I've been preaching about saving for your retirement, mm-hmm. about having enough. Now, we don't do more, but we want to have enough for whatever your goal is, whether it's education or retirement or whatever the case may be. So this is kind of sad. Yeah. yeah. I was I was thinking about you a lot with this too, John. At the end, they end the article, like you said, it's on Yahoo Money, but they end it with, well, if we could infuse a little bit of artificial intelligence and prompt people nonstop to save more, then maybe we can fix the problem. And all I could think of was if that's what it takes to get those numbers around, I'm, I'm scared. I don't yeah. think that's going to do the trick. Well, it's kind of like, you know, withholding your taxes out of your paycheck. <laughs> right. It's the same difference. It really is. And and on that point, you know, the state of Virginia is, is propo- making a proposal uh, to create a retirement savings program, just mm-hmm. like that, a sort of a, a blind Let's just put money into the savings account, and then you'll have a retirement savings account when you retire. And my immediate reaction, and I was being a little sarcastic, but it's true. That's what they promised with Social Security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look at that debacle, right? That yeah. it Social Security is, I'm terrified. And we're, the window is closing really quick. And I remember hearing about this 25 years ago, and it's been ignored. Our politicians, all of them are accountable. Yes. They've ignored it. Yep. Because it would sacrifice votes. No one wants to take a stand on uh, individual responsibility. I mean, that's where it begins. Sure. And the responsibility begins with you as to where you are, where are you going, what's it take for you to make it, and who do you have to help? So your first responsibility is with you, then with your family, and so you got to work from there out. Yeah. And you develop enough. Yeah. And and again, the your income will drive your lifestyle, right? Because that's where your emotion kicks in. And, oh, I got a bigger paycheck, so now I can get a fancier piece of clothing or a fancier restaurant, a fancier car, more expensive, and spend more money. But that means you also need to save more. And that goes to your accountability side of it. So don't ignore it. Don't stick your set, head in the sand and, and ignore the future. Uh, because, and we said, what does Social Security say, statement say now? Uh, yeah, it, it, I, this is paraphrasing, but it says Social Security should not be your only source of retirement income 
to be successful in retirement, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And we've done those numbers. You don't want to live on the Social Security income. Well, what am I going to do, Stephen? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. And, and and again, the 2035, I think, is the... Um, 2034, the, the, I think. 34, the bubble, right? Yeah. But again, it's it's all it's all a number in a pot of the general funds. So we'll see how that plays out. But I'm I'm not looking forward to that. The year I turned 64. So there well, it is. That's another example. Had <laughs> yeah. the government not messed with it, there would have been enough money. Yeah, exactly. But the government now borrowed, well, not so much anymore, but they borrowed money to fund the government yep. instead of leaving it for its purpose. Well, we're coming up on a break here. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. In, on today's show, we've been talking taxes and other areas of your financial plan. So we're going to stay on that topic, uh, taxes. In the first segment, we talked a little bit about, I mentioned the SALT tax, which was a big uh, talking point with the last tax reform about state and local taxes, SALT, uh, were limited to the deduction of $10,000. Right. For most of America, it was not that big of a deal, but for... <laughs> higher tax states and for higher property tax states, it was a big deal. A lot mm-hmm. of people lost that deduction. Uh, John, I'll let you go because I know <laughs> I know where you're going to go with it, but I think your point is somewhat valid. Uh, should, should that be a limitation? Should there be a deduction for state income taxes? Well, there should be. We kind of hit on this last week, yeah. but their deductions are kind of a false candy to the taxpayer that they give them. We, we, we should have no deductions. There should be no interest deduction. There should be no charitable deduction. There should be nothing. And so when the SALT tax came along, that made a lot of sense. Because if you did the math, who was the SALT tax feeding? It was feeding all the states that had mismanaged their finances, New York, California, Illinois, etc. And so that kind of put a stop on that. So these people could not deduct it. So it doesn't surprise me that now they are proposing this you must, some of these Democrats are saying, you must get rid of the salt tax. The limitation, yep. correct. We won't, otherwise, we won't, uh, we won't vote for any tax reform. <laughs> well, who are they? why are they doing that? Because they're rewarding their, the people who supported them. Yeah. And so that, but that's is, how it works. This is hardcore politics. Mm-hmm. And the key to me is that people are not paying attention. We're doing some serious topics here in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. about what's going on and the changes and so forth. And people are just letting it float off their back. Well, Boy. these are proposals. They're not. Well, not yeah. pro- they're, That's when they're, you got to talk. Well, when yes, right before they hits the floor. Yes. But yes, so you got to let your representatives know. But what I find ironic is, okay, so the, a lot of the New York politicians are proposing the, the removal of this salt tax limitation of a deduction. But at the same time, will those same politicians back the estate tax reform. That's the same. It's the same exact argument. So if you're going to argue one to remove the salt tax limitation, you better not be voting for the uh, $1 million uh, exemption and then taxing the estate because it's going to, you're, they're going to pay a higher, your constituents are going to pay a higher tax on that than they will the salt tax deduction. Mm-hmm. And always remember once the camel gets the nose in the tent, 
pretty soon the whole tent is filled with a camel. Yep. And so if they start, they lower the deduction or exemption on the state tax, and they start dealing with this, getting rid of the, their step plan, mm-hmm. which is to get rid of uh, using uh, step up in basis. So when you inherit something, you don't have to go back and figure out what the taxes were on all the improvements over all the years. And what comes to mind immediately for me are farmers, mm-hmm. because those have gone through generations or someone who started a company 25 years ago, passed it on to his children. I mean, how do you calculate what the basis was? So this is going to be another quagmire of complexity. And we don't, I don't think it makes any sense, but they're trying to reward all the people they want to reward. And and the, the other side of it too is then, okay, you mentioned the farmers. Okay. And then there's some politician, then that becomes a, a not an exemption, but a, okay, well, we won't do it for the farmers. And then somebody else will, and then it becomes all these, it just gets more complicated right. versus trying to simplify it. And that, again, was one of the things I liked about this tax code was the simplif- simplification because we went from 35% of taxpayers itemizing their deductions to, I think it was like 5 to 7%. It was. It's, it's reduced mm-hmm. significantly. And let the IRS audit the five to seven percent. Go at it, right? Get go after that. Make sure everything's on the up and up. But simplifying it was a tremendous thing. So the re, how they simplified it was increasing the standard deduction. Yes. Great, that was now, a great idea. It was, and but now this new proposal, they're not going to get rid of the standard deduction. No, it's gonna it's gonna stay, and they're just right. So it, it to me, it's like if 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 it was so bad before, why are you keeping it? Get rid of it if it was so bad go back to the way it was. Yep. I, I just, but what's enough, right? And that's the, what's enough for the government to function? What percentage of everyone's income? Could it be a flat tax? Well, they just keep raising the money. Just give me more money. Give me more money. Give me more money. For what purpose? And who's writing these bills? You think these senators and House of Representative people are writing these things? Or is it a staff behind them of very young people coming out of college with law degrees and college and, views? Right. And so- they really have no handle on the maturity of the financial situation. So they're just writing this stuff. This sounds good. We'll take advantage of it. Going to hurt a lot of people. Well, that, what, what's the proposal on the estate tax is, is huge because the wealth transfer, uh, people may not think it's a big deal, but ask the people who worked hard for it yeah. if it's a big deal. And, and you may get some different voting because the people who should have received or benefited from that inheritance may not anymore, you're going to see a different perspective at a at a price. I hope so. If they're paying attention, yeah. But the press is not talking about it, so. Well, that's that's where the people with with the who who will be taxed need to educate educate their children or their benefactors that hey, you could receive this, but you may receive this if this bill comes into law. Right. And so see, you'll see, see a different you'll see a different perspective. See that car in the driveway? You're not going to get that. You're going to get a Model T Ford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other side of it too is, and that's why we talked a little bit about the the definition of wealth, wealthy. Um, you know, the people who worked hard, saved hard, invested the right way, uh, didn't spend more than they made. They paid taxes on it once. Yep. It's been paid for. Let and and you know what? If that child is we uh, Tony and I joked all the time. We we joked about Kim Kardashian. I'm like, she's the best thing for the economy. All the all the purses she wears and all all the super wealth that she has. She spends more money than anyone. She's the be- right. one of the best things for the economy. Yep. Right. So when she inherited her wealth from her dad, 
and then she created more with her own for her to her credit uh she's one of the best things for the economy she creates a lot of jobs from her spending right and remember also that when you start upping the tax what does that do to the economy it puts a chokehold on it, it. puts a chokehold on it. if you have a dollar and now you have to give 40 percent of it to the government you have 60 cents can't do as much with that so I'm sorry. And you don't help the local economy, too. You don't help, that's, help that's the other side, anybody. right? You're not spending at the local restaurant. You're not spending in the local business. So it hurts the local your local economy more than anything, and that's that's the troubling aspect. Exactly. Spencer, what did you see in this uh, estate tax proposal? We didn't get to talk to you last week about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without getting too political, right, it's, it's definitely cracking down. There's definitely going to be some more taxes involved. So, Stephen, like you're talking about, the estate tax, right now the exemption is – 12, 12 and it's some about, change. It's yeah, a little change. over $12 million and each. And that's per individual, right? And yeah. then they were talking about doing $5 million, taking it back. I have your opinions. It's not unprecedented, right? And then taking it to three and a half, I think. I think it's but aggressive. See, but, but, but here's the thing. What is, there should be no number. Because I'm hypocritical if I pick a number. If I say, oh, it should be $100 million, I'm hypocritical for anybody who's over $100 million. No, I agree completely, and, and I think what bothers me, too, is thinking, like you said, you're saving and you did all the hard work. We've talked about before that uh, the tax bill that they did where if you inherit an IRA, you have to spend it down right. in five years. So imagine if you inherited it, it got hit with the biggest state tax before it came to you, and, and then, then they say, yeah, sorry, <laughs> we need that tax double, revenue. Five double down tax. on a yeah. higher tax rate than that most highest tax rate than ever. So It's crazy. Yeah, and yeah. to well, that point, I don't want to get too much in a flat tax, but I think if it wasn't changing so often, I think the government may run a little bit more efficiently if you couldn't constantly negotiate how much tax revenue you brought. Just in. remember, they're the government. They're here to help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll close with that, John. <laughs> with a little cherry on top. Uh, thanks to all listeners. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.